Nick Crane. What's up, man? I am the biggest Enzo stan out there, and nobody can compare. What happens when two guys used to floating through life? Floaters, you better grab a life vest. Find their calling. Hello? Will? Yeah. Hey, it's Boogie. Hey. Things get lit. Uh-uh. Just had a vision. It's the Real Liddy Podcast with Ryan and DP. We have a lot to talk about. All right, everyone. We've waited. We've rumored. It is here. Big Brother All-Stars 2. It kicked off tonight in a very awkward episode that I absolutely loved. Shinbot was doing her best substitute teacher impression all night long. We will get to all of that. But first, see what I did there? Hashtag, but first, I'm trying. I'm on when Julie has to, you know, do it. Okay. Obviously, I'm Ryan. What's up, guys? At Radio's Ryan. You're hearing DP, as always, at Park. Okay, and at Reality Pod. But... We have to bring in the heavy hitters for premiere night. We have one of our favorite friends along the Thunder Beat, as well as many other sports things. Sorry, guys. You're just going to get the sports crossovers to death on this podcast. Nick Crane, what's up, man? I am the biggest Enzo stan out there, and nobody can compare. It's, it's, <laughs> that, that guy is getting me so hyped for this season. I'm excited to see what he does. Okay, before we proceed, Nick, you do a lot of really cool things, a lot of really cool places. You can sell it better than I can. Where can everyone follow you for all of your day job-ish before we have some fun on the Reality Pod? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at CraneNBA doing Thunder stuff for Forbes. Just started doing some league-wide NBA stuff for Slam Online, so... Catch all my stuff there. Uh, a lot of stupid tweets at my Twitter handle. So if, uh, if you're up for that, give me a follow. This is hands down the greatest Big Brother basketball crossover podcast, like in the history of anything. So It doesn't even compete. We have to be number one. There's no that, competition. That like 2% of the population of the Big Brother fandom plus NBA just basketball heads. Uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. All right, guys. Without further ado, this cast, there not a ton of shocks if you were following the rumors. DP and I did a rumor wrap-up pod, and I think the cast, all 16 people to a man, was exactly the same from that. So we've already kind of heard DP's thoughts on the cast, but Nick, we have not heard yours. Other than the inclusion of Enzo, what, what were your thoughts on who they were able to wrangle together for this uh, you know, COVID All-Stars? Yeah, so I was the opposite of you guys. I actually didn't listen to the uh, the rumor pod. I didn't look at any of the uh, the articles out there that gave us a sneak peek of who might be on the cast. So this was all you know, kind of brand new to me. I thought it was good. I will say um, I'm one of those people that um, kind of has recency bias, so I like to have really, really good cast members from the most recent season. Um, wasn't super happy with that. I would have liked to seen uh, a Mickey in there or a Jackson or one of those heavy hitters from last season in season 21. Overall, though, um, it, it's kind of nice to see some of these guys. They, they integrated some of the really old seasons, people I forgot existed, including Enzo, uh, as big of a stand as I am. I kind of forgot he existed until he popped up on the screen tonight. And, uh, it, it, it's game over at that point. How could you forget the meow meow, man? It's been a long time. I mean, it's it's been close to a decade, hasn't it? It has. It has for sure. Um, maybe, yeah, right on a decade for him. So what is your 
just for those listening, what is your big brother history? When did you start? So I started probably uh, season eight or nine. My, my parents have been watching since season one, for sure. I, I actually may have been watching since season one. I was probably too young to even remember. So um, I definitely missed a season here or there. So there's some people here that are, are new for me on this cast that I've, I've heard of, of course, but um, haven't seen their gameplay. So for me, it's going to be um, some fresh faces, not really sure how they play. So this upcoming draft, sorry to, to plug it early if we're going to plug it later, but this draft for me, I might be a little bit disadvantaged to you guys. And, and just real quick, for anyone that, uh, like Nick, first off, respect for being the spoiler-free crowd. I could never do that. Ever since I found out this internet thing and that uh, the show is happening not live, uh, I've been just scrambling around the message boards. But here's, here's the cast. In order of appearance, we're just going to run down it real quick. Nicole F., obviously winner. Danny, Devon, Christmas. Then we go over to the men, Tyler, Ian, another winner, Kevin, and Enzo. Back to the last four chicks, Janelle, Bailey, Nicole A., and Keisha. And then rounding it out with Kaser, Cody, Memphis, and David. And, and I think, you know, I, I kind of talked to DP about this. Like, when you tell me Big Brother All-Stars, yes, if you were to read me this cast, I would say, okay, it, it was pretty hit or miss. But when you have to think about, like we've said, some of these players have spent a decade out of the house. This is a very hard um, television show to cast year after year just due to the fact that you have to completely put your life on hold to play this game. And so that paired with, obviously, the pandemic that we're in, just the fact that this 16 names came out, I'm totally stoked about it. And, like, this is the last you're going to hear when we do this and then the draft, when I'm uh, talking about actively rooting for people to be first boot, that's the last you're going to hear me complain about this cast. Cause I think that we all have reached the point of we're psyched that a season's happening and I'm just happy they were able to pull these names that they were able to grab. Speaking on uh, house guests that have been out of the house for a while. I think the most shocking moment of the night for me was when Julie asked how many people had gotten married or had kids since they had started big brother. That yes. was insane. It was like 80%. Yeah, and, and for me, like, the the moment for me when I was like, holy crap, it's been a long time, was seeing Memphis. That that dude was a kid with a faux hawk and affliction shirts, and now he's, like, this adult that has 37 restaurant businesses, and it's like a 40-year-old man. I was like, holy crap, it's been a long time for some of these guys. I don't even know, like, so some of these people is going to be hard to handicap because, like you said – Yes, you know, someone that's seen every single season for all this might have an advantage of knowing the players, but you run down the list. Memphis, like you said, I have no idea how Kaser and Janelle are going to play just because modern Big Brother is so different from what it was back in season seven. We talked about Kevin and Enzo, you know, so it'll be really interesting. And this is kind of a discussion that DP and I have had, but Nick, I don't know. Are you a survivor guy at all? I'm not. I've, I've, watched it here and there that's another one that my parents watched so when I was in the house before college and stuff living with them I I saw it and I know that um I was being being the non-spoiler crowd I was really hoping we didn't get Rachel on this season I don't know what your guys' thoughts on her are but just her history of going to all these different reality shows and and her being on Big Brother in the past I was like please do not put her on this season yeah it's one of those things that's like is she an all-star? Probably. 
but she's so overexposed at this point that I don't need to see a whole season of her. Absolutely. Uh, she, she's, uh, she's, if, if we had a list of least favorite Big Brother house guests, she's got to be on it. I, her, her laugh just makes me cringe. Let's hope there's not a coaching twist where uh, we get a couple unwanted house guests come out of the woodworks this next week. Unless Dan and Derek get dropped in. And unless then, we're all, then we're all for a coaching twist. Unless it's double D. But yeah, so the conversation we were kind of having, um, so this last season of Survivor was Winners at War. And the concern was in that season, basically, if you were a member of old school Survivor, it was like a freaking every old player went first. And then the only players left were the newer players. So I, I just think it's kind of interesting what the house dynamics going to look like, seeing as there is a pretty decent mix of old school BB versus the new school. And of course there's the things like survivors played on three day cycles, big brother, you have seven days to make relationships and dig yourself out of the hole. So it'll just be interesting to see how I think this season unfolds. Do you think, do you think kind of going back to the sports theme here, we always talk about like average age of a team. Do you think this is the oldest Big Brother cast, you know, average age ever? Because um, that that's fascinating to me. One, the second thing that that sticks out is, like DP said earlier, all the people that raise their hands that you know they're now married or have kids. Like this might be a showmanless season. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this it absolutely has to be the oldest cast we've ever had. Um, well, yeah, like the only. You said, just- the only shout might be BB10 just because you have the two outliers. Of, uh... <laughs> Jerry was raising the average there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's got to be the oldest cast we've ever had. Even the first All-Stars, they were, they were young then too. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think uh, as far as old school, new school, I, I can't see – we talked about this, Ryan. I can't see it going that way. I think it's going to be more of a – People are going to think about it more strategically and and not black and white like that. So we'll see. And so just kind of diving back into tonight, the entirety of this evening was essentially one big HOH competition. We didn't have to spend a huge amount of time doing the intro videos just because in theory, we know all of these people. So I'm just going to kind of go over if you watched it, you had to go to the backyard. There was a maze and on the TV screen, it was like, where, what room was this item in? You had to run back into the house, come back out and navigate the maze to get to that room. In theory, two people from each heat were able to make it through. In both of the female heats, we only had one person make it. So the people that made it to the finals of this HOH competition were Christmas, Ian, Kevin, Nicole A., Memphis, and Cody. And this is something that when I watched the episode, I had no thought of at all but you head to Twitter, head to Reddit, and a lot of people seem to be pretty upset about how they felt this was rigged in the favor of the men due to the fact that the puzzle, the the two women's uh, positions they had to go to were much farther down the puzzle than the men's, and we resulted in only one w- woman from each heat out of the possible two running through. So uh, DP, I'll throw this to you. Did you have that thought while you were watching it all? Because I was like, well, I don't think it was intentional. It was just unfortunate. And, and this happens in Big Brother sometimes where I feel like production gets cast as, you know, rigging it for one person or hating one group of people when it just kind of happens to be unfortunate. But maybe that's just me. Right. Kind of like you said, I, I did notice it. Um, was it intentional? I don't think so. Um, but 
I mean, you never know with, <laughs> with the things that go on in Big Brother, but I, I would err towards the sides of no. Um, I don't think it was an intentional thing. Is it extremely unfortunate? Yeah, uh, we would love to have seen more female representation in that final uh, HOH competition, but if we're being real, they didn't stand a chance anyway because Cody absolutely ran away with it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely noticed it. I don't think it was rigged or, or set up that way. I mean, both of the the women's, the, you know, the, the rooms they had to get to in the maze were on that back half of the board where if you even overshot it a little bit, you were off the board and had to start over. And, and on the men's side, it was more in the middle where you had more walls to to kind of use to, to get into the hole. Um, one thing that did stick out to me in the – competitions we saw was there was a lot of of wiggling on those on those steps they took towards towards getting to the platform and you could tell that the after the first the first wave there um a lot of those were still moving and you could definitely tell those were the ones you don't want to step on so I was curious um your guys's thoughts on that I know Julie finally caught onto it towards the end where she said you know, hold on a little bit. We want to make sure these stop moving, but you could definitely see some of those moving, but uh, between participants. Yeah, and absolutely, like you talked about. So all these guys go through to the next round, um, and it's that step stool comp, which I thought was a really fun comp until you realize Memphis running the whole thing and taking so long to run through it. He's the first one. There was a lot of wiggling, and I think it was very noticeable that Cody had that benefit of the doubt th through that middle section of the course. He made every right move because because I think he could still tell from that aerial view it wasn't so obvious. But when they moved to that side view, um, Nick, I think you're spot on. So Cody did get a you know a lifeline here. I don't know if that's really you know if he was in the line to uh, be evicted first, but it turns out he was gunning for that first HOH and he was in the best position because then after that. Um, once that buzzer's blowing, nobody else had that opportunity to kind of see those later uh, podiums wiggling around. And even though what Ian was probably the closest to uh, taking it off Cody, Cody just dominated this thing. And it's really unfortunate because really that's that's only going to happen in a live in a live competition, right? Because I mean, if it, if it's not live, they can wait out the wiggling. They can they can wait it out as long as they want and and send the next person through. But that's just not something that you're going to think that far ahead of in a live competition. So yeah, it was just, just pretty unfortunate, but I mean, we got through Cody dominated. Um, honestly, honestly, if I'm taking bets as far as who I think is going to win that competition anyway, I'll probably go Cody before. So it was interesting. Yeah. And I just wonder if obviously with live television, you don't have the luxury of knowing that when we jump later in the, in the episode, the have not room thing is not going to work out. I just wonder if CBS could do it over again, if they would have said, why don't we with an abundance of caution, make sure that we can leave everyone back and all that stuff to uh, make sure there's no advantages and, and maybe leave that have not room reveal in as the extra, if we need to fill time, we can, which maybe that was the plan because like, like we said, um, I think CBS's plan was for eight people to compete in this and not just six, but uh, maybe next time production will know if you have a live thing like that, you have plenty of time to wait and make sure that it is the most fair that you could. But I just want to get your guys' thoughts too. So we obviously see the interview with Cody afterward, and he kind of talks about how 
with the cast reveal, he wasn't super comfortable as far as knowing a lot of these players outside of um, the game. He hasn't built the relationships. It appears these are not the circles he ran in. So Nick, if, if you're in that spot, if you're walking into BB All-Stars and you don't know anyone in the house or, or you don't know half the house, are you doing the same exact thing as Cody and just trying to win? Or are you trying to do everything you can to say, I'm not a threat. Let me blend in and let's get out of here or uh, get out of week one and try and rebuild. Yeah. So I think going into it, if I were in his shoes, I, I would not have been gunning for that first HOH. And he talked about this too, you know, getting blood on your hands first week being the, uh, the first HOH and, and getting out those first nominations. If if one of those people you nominate wins HOH next week, it's super easy. And we see it almost every single season. Like the person that nominated you is one of your nominees. I did like what he said about it being kind of a numbers game. And, and, and now that I have heard him say that I'm almost on his side on that take. So just playing the numbers game, not being super comfortable with the other cast members. He He already said he doesn't trust anybody you know, the fact that there's 16 people in this house, he's going to put up two people, we assume, assuming there's no twist and there's, you know, three people nominated the week one, whatever it might be. Out of 16 people, the, the, the chance that one of those two you nominate wins HOH is, is not a small chance, but it's, if you're playing the numbers game, it certainly is maybe to his advantage to win that HOH and, and ensuring he gets through week one. Yeah, and I think, Normally, if we see the, the big jock, not that, not that that's Cody, but normally we see the big jock win HOH go up pretty soon after. I'm not sure that's going to be the case for Cody just because he's not the same in the sense that he's an extremely likable guy. He's going to be able to form relationships. Um, and I, I think, like Nick said, I think in the end it, it could have been a good decision for him. And I just think it'll be really interesting because he also said one of the things he's going to miss with Derek, other than the obvious trust thing, is that Derek is so calculating and Cody said, you know, there were times he got caught up emotionally. Derek talked him off the wall, all this stuff. Interesting to see if Cody can navigate that and do that. Cause like, if I'm Cody, totally agree with the numbers game. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for him to try to win the first HOH, even if he's comfortable with the house, just because when he walks in, he's going to be seen as a physical threat, whether he's winning or not. And I think especially in an all-star season, everyone here knows how to play the game. They've all played it extensively other than maybe David. And even he was there for, you know, four weeks. I don't think you're going to be able to play off that Dan strategy of laying low and then coming on strong toward the end from the jump. I think that when it comes to that first week, it's you got to survive that. Then you can try to reassimilate. And if I'm Cody, I'm saying, look, this is real easy. There are two spots on the block. Two of us have won this game before in Ian and Nicole F. Just set both of them up there and say, no offense, but we all have unfinished business except for you two. You two have taken home that cash prize. Let's let you two sit on the block week one. And then you just got to hope that, uh, like I said, you can reassimilate and be better. DP, you hate that? Oh, don't, don't do my man Ian like that, dude. Well, we, we got to get a little more of that gray hair before he goes out the door. All right, Nick, I got to <laughs> ask. Other, D, DP and I, we are, we are an anti-Nicole F pod. Um, nothing against her gameplay. She's just annoying. And if the rumors are true that she's the one that got Derek and Dan off this season, then we're going to hate her forever. But uh, where do you stand on Nicole F? And, and would you be mad about uh, her and Ian sitting up there on the block come Wednesday or Sunday? 
No, I, I think you're you're spot on. There, there's going to be a lot that happens between now and, and the nomination ceremony. So, you know, assuming nothing happens, everything stays on an even playing field, that's exactly what I would probably do is, is put up those two that have won this. Just that, that's an easy kind of cop out. I'm definitely not on the anti Nicole F train. I, I think that I'm I'm in a different I'm in a different house than you guys. Um, I don't know. Is is there is there any reason to to not go with the the two people that have won it? You know, I, I think that's 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 what you have to do unless there's alliances that are formed or there's you know things that happen. I hope there's drama because because episode one is sometimes the most boring because there's no drama yet. But, no, I think you're spot on, on on the nominations as a whole. Yeah, I think the only way I deviate from that is if, you know, like he said, like you said, if if those are two of the people that Cody's actually most comfortable with on this cast, then obviously that changes the score. Um, we aren't Cody, so we can't know that. But I think outside looking in, fly on the wall, that would be the most logical thing as far as, you know, splitting up the house and just trying to make yourself not a target while still working from that HOH spot. Now, I kind of want to ask you guys, it's sort of hard to handicap the house guests that didn't make this final HOH competition just because other than um, not getting through their heat, they did not get a bunch of airtime. Feeds don't go live until um, 2.30 in the morning on the East Coast here because we're waiting on the West Coast episode to get done. So it's hard to know where everything's shifting right now. But of those six... Obviously, we're going to take Cody out of it because he won. But Memphis, Nicole A, Kevin, Ian, and Christmas, who do you think's in, like, the worst spot coming out of this? Christmas, no doubt. She won the money. Uh, she has a bad reputation as far as Big Brother in general, just being that people think she was carried. Um, I'm not sure she's the most likable. She might be likable right now. But uh, as we saw in uh, 19 – she has a, a pretty high temper, so we'll see. I think the money is a big thing. A lot of times we've seen that in past seasons where people, they'll win prizes and then get put up for it. So I think them only giving out one batch of money is a pretty surefire sign that Christmas could be on the block come Sunday. We'll see. Yeah, here's my thing on Christmas, you know, unrelated to who's in the worst situation. For being a fitness trainer, she looked pretty wobbly on, on that first competition. I was she like, looked stiff. Your balance is not as good as I expected it. But if, if I were to say someone's in the worst position, it's it's not something he did. And, and DP, don't kill me for this, but Ian just comes off to me as a major threat, man. If if I'm if I'm in the Big Brother house, just knowing how smart he is, and he's looked good in, in both competitions. Like before, um, he he fell off that that one pedestal in the competition. Like he was on track to almost beat Cody and. But between that and the fact that we, he was in the heat by by winning that first entry level HOH competition with the uh, with the boards, to me like that's a guy that I look at and I say he's a huge threat. Let's get him out early, and that's not something that he did to put himself in that situation. That's just who he is. He's a good game player, so I think he's in a bad spot just because of that. What also, is with his strategy to play dumb? Does anyone believe that? Oh yeah, no. no way. You you can't pull that off, and and every. That's another thing I wanted to go back to is like, is Cody winning HOH? Like you said, like people know that he's a physical threat. It's not like this is a house of random people. So that if, if, if there's any season where you can win the first HOH and maybe be okay without getting blood on your hands, it's him. And, and the same kind of goes for Ian. Like his strategy of playing dumb 
these people know you. Most of these people are either A, Big Brother fanatics, or B, they've gone back and watched every season in preparation. Like, dude, come on. No, no one's buying that if you're going to play dope. Yeah, and that's kind of the next thing I want to circle to. Some of the preseason st- – the not necessarily preseason, but the pre-recorded stuff and the on-stage interviews, bizarre. I, Ian, we got a key in on him again because not only playing dumb, well, that's not going to work. But dude, on stage with Julie is like, I going to try and play it slow. We're going to be fine. And then, literally four minutes, less than four minutes after entering the house, he's already torched everyone. Like you could, you could toss that ball off the side of the maze make it a little, you know, oh man, I'm struggling with this or, or wander through the house a little bit and not be able to find what's going on. And yet there he is just beasting through the puzzle, which like we said, anyone that has watched it all is saying, okay, we don't want to get into a crunch time HOH or veto comp and a puzzle get rolled out. Cause that's how Ian won his season was beasting through all those puzzles. And, and that's how he bested Dan in the, in the final. So I, I just don't understand what he did. And, and on the flip side, I enjoy, what Tyler said in preseason, he's basically like, okay, last time I was able to lean into that. I'm a surfer dude, not super intelligent, all that stuff. And he realized I've played in one of the more recent seasons. That's not going to work for me. I'm going to have to play differently. So um, who, who all do you think? Uh, Question. Do yeah, we think Tyler through that? Cause we watched Tyler win a ton of competitions in BB 20. I, I, I truly think there is no way he didn't throw that. He is too smart to not have thrown that competition. Absolutely. I'm with you there. I mean, he, and, and like you said, I, that's the first thing when I saw his, his face pop up. And again, I wasn't on the spoiler train. So this was, you know, brand new to me. When I saw him pop up on the screen, I was like, Oh man, his game is going to have to be completely different. Cause that dumb surfer dude is not going to work. But luckily, unlike Ian, he didn't say, Oh, I'm going to go in and act dumb again because he's smart enough to know it's not going to work. Yeah, and I'm just really interested, you know, uh, Memphis and Cody, it was highlighted on stage. These are guys that famously played a two-man game. Going to be much harder when neither Dan nor Derek is sitting in the house. But what stood out most to me, Keisha had no damn clue who half these people were. (laughs) She's wandered through the house. After we see the official reveal and Bailey's like, oh, it's my man. I'm going to get the uh, bed under Swaggy. You hear Keisha just like, who, who's your man? And I just wanted to be like, when, she, when everyone's hugging each other, just the glassy eyes, she's just like, I have no idea who half these people are. I absolutely loved it. And I'm here for her to stir up all the drama with a house of people. She has no idea who anyone is. Now, there, there was a little bit of drama there at the end. Did y'all, did y'all see it? In the, are we talking about in the bathroom? Yes. I Uh believe it was Memphis, Danny, and Nicole F. talking about Dan and Derek. And I I believe it was Memphis said he was surprised that they weren't here. And Nicole said, I'm fine with it. Nick, are you keen into this drama? I did not catch that. I'm I'm fascinated. Tell me more. Okay. So preseason, let's hit the rumor mill here. The rumor running around is that Dan and Derek were obviously amongst the first calls production made. It sounds like they kind of made a pack with each other. If one of us is going to play, both of us is going to play. If neither of us plays, we're both out. And they started, the rumor is, allegedly pre-gaming, going as far as making some group chat to kind of, you know, 
start hitting the road and being like, okay, who's in, who's out. Let's get this thing rolling. Nicole F apparently was not called in the first round of calls by production and was big time butthurt that she, a former winner, all that stuff was not involved. She was an added to the group chat and immediately called production and ratted out Dan and Derek, getting them effectively removed from the cast for pre-gaming. It, it's unclear if any of this is true. And it sounds like from Dan and Derek's perspective, one of them just said, this is going to be too much trouble. Let's bow out of it. But yeah, the rumor is that Nicole F leveraged that group chat knowledge for a cast spot which is why it brought a huge smile to my face that she was literally the first person unwrapped in the uh packages of first person on the screen oh of course it's nicole f the one that everyone's been harping on for now a week when when the rumors hit that uh she's the reason we have no dan or Derek. jeez that's that's one of those if if the rumor's true that's one of those things that I don't know how much it affects her gameplay or, or what people think of her putting a target on her back, but that's going to be something that circled around the house pretty quickly. And huge reason as to why I think this is an anti-Nicole F pod. Uh, I don't think she gets the benefit of the doubt with DP and I, seeing as I don't think either of us really love her just as a you know, character on the show before this. Now, do we think the hit gates are going to make an appearance? The, uh, the duo of Cody and Memphis. I hope so. I, I'd I'd love that. I mean, I'm I'm all about that. If, if if that happens, you can sign me up. This this show will get a hell of a lot more fascinating. I was cracking up at uh, Memphis. Also, shout out to Memphis for going back and watching the season and being self aware when he's like, it was clear I was playing checkers and Dan was playing chess the first time. That's not a given. You, there's a lot of people like Nicole who says I don't get why people feel like I was gifted my win stuff like that. A lot of people don't have that, uh, I don't know if it's self-awareness or, or can't get over the fact that you made Final Two, but that doesn't necessarily mean you played the second best game. I, that's kind of the interesting thing to me. Is Cody and Memphis going to get together and try to uh, revive their old strategy? Will Enzo look for three other strong men to roll through? Are Jadell and Kaser going to uh, do a poor job of hiding their alliance and just try to rely on comps to roll through? Like, like, what are we going to see out of this to see who learns from their mistakes, innovates, and plays a little bit differently? But we also have some stuff like the safety suite and new rooms in the house to unlock new powers. Uh, are you guys worried about this, like, being a, a groundbreaking twist that's going to just tank this game? Or are you excited to see what's coming out of the, uh, the new rooms, DP? I think they're going to take it easy on the twist this year. And my only thought process for this is that they kind of hyped up a twist at the end of this episode and it ended up being in the form of the envelopes and it just ended up being have-nots. Um, and that's hardly a twist at all. So I'm really hoping they take it easy. I know that is a long shot, but we'll see. I, I hope there's not that many twists. Dude, it's, it's 2020. If, if you think there's not twists coming, you got something <laughs> else coming for you. Oh, ab- absolutely. The twist is canceled. Boom. So, I, I mean, other than that, like there's not a whole lot other than this episode. Like we said, it was mainly just unwrapping the cast in this HOH comp and a, and a failed look at the have not room. So uh, what are you guys most excited for? Is it just that BB is finally back? Obviously we have the draft that we'll get to here in a second to get us rolling, but, but Nick, what are you most excited about for this season? Now that we have a cast and we have a first HOH. 
to be honest, I'm just most excited to have something to watch three days a week. You know, we finally got sports back. You know, the past four months, it's been like there's nothing to watch on TV. We've just been binge watching Netflix. Um, as much as I love Big Brother, at this point, all I can say is just having something to watch on a, on a regular basis is just huge for me. I, 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 at this point, with nothing happening quite yet as far as people being on the block and, and the drama, like I've mentioned a couple times, I'm just excited that it's back in general. I think I'm most excited for the representation as far as how many seasons are being represented in this, this season. Um, with the first All-Stars, we, we literally only had six seasons to pick from. We obviously have 21 now. We have seasons 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21 all being represented through this cast. And, of course, there's people with multiple years. But I'm really excited to see kind of what eras thrive, what games thrive, who can change their game the most. I think it's just going to be a really good season. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up just because we've kind of begged, begged production to stop casting Instagram model wannabes and cast people. Don't be afraid to dip into a slightly older cast and pick people that are here to play Big Brother. So it, it kind of gives me a lot of hope that if this season delivers in a huge way, maybe they'll have to sit back and say, okay, maybe because we had some people with some more life experience and because we had people who cared about the game and less about, you know, making a name for themselves and getting famous. Maybe that'll cause, you know, the next three or four seasons to be great. But thankfully in the meantime, while we wait for feeds to hit, while we wait for our first veto comp of the year, as well as noms, we have already nailed down the heavy hitter, Nick Crane here for our big brother draft. That's right. We're looking for one more person, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be a spoiler and name drop that before it happens, but we think we have one more person locked down. It'll be very simple. Four of us, sixteen cast members. We go through and in true fashion, we are gonna draft ourselves four cast members each. We will have points for winning HOHs, winning vetoes. We'll have points for surviving the block, making it to jury, all that lovely stuff, and of course, negative points for people that are eliminated and things like that. So I'm really excited, but Nick, but before we move forward, there is one rule on this podcast that we have to get to. So everyone that comes on, we have to name the Alliance here, bro. DP and I, we have a final two, Nick, I'm sorry. I'm going to be transparent, let you know, DP and I have a final two. We are the association. So if you hear that thrown around the house, just know that's DP and I, but the three of us, I, I think we have something that we can work together here. And to make it official, you got to name the Alliance, bro. Oh, geez. That's, that's tough. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, the three of us, let's go with uh, – it's probably a cop-out answer, but, but the Musketeers, that's, that's an easy one. <laughs> I like it. All right. Let's do it. I like it a lot. So the three Musketeers – Plus, we got to add one more for this draft coming up. But, gentlemen, look, we are finishing this podcast right on the nose at midnight central time. The worst part is we still have an hour and a half until live feeds hit. You guys staying up to uh, see where the house is shaked up, or, or are we just going to have to circle back tomorrow morning? Listen, I'm a, I'm a night owl. I'll be up well past the feeds. I am so stoked that I'm going to have something to do that late at night and not just random stuff. But, yeah, I will absolutely be up till then. 
We'll see. I'll be a game time decision. Um, <laughs> I, I 100% want to. We'll see. I'm, I'm definitely less of a night owl than UDP. I, I can make it until 1 or one thirty most nights, but at that point, the live feeds are just starting. So I, I may be a circle up in the morning kind of guy. Hey, I have nothing but respect for that. And that's why we're here. We will be back now, guys, I know that things have been kind of weird. We've been playing it by ears as more information leaks out, but we will be a two-pod-a-week podcast. One of them is going to come immediately after every eviction. What we are going to do on that pod is we will run down the week, the highs, the lows, everything we see on the episode, and we'll kind of see where we think everyone is in the house and project that going forward. That will be a no-spoilers podcast. The only thing we're going to talk about is stuff that you've seen on the episode how that affects everyone's game going forward. We will have one pod midweek. That's I believe I drop Tuesdays DP. Is that what we decided on? Yes, sir. Tuesdays is yes. the day. Yeah. Tuesday will be our spoiler strategy podcast. So you can go ahead and skip our Tuesday pod. If you're like Nick and you don't like the spoilers, absolutely okay with us, but we'll kind of run through what's been going on in the house. And we're going to try and take more of a strategic spin less you know word for word everything that's happened but just kind of see here's where things are here's where we think it could go and and here's what we would do in every spot so we are excited for all of that nick brother thank you obviously we'll have you for the draft but we have to have you back on to recap more of what is only our second ever all-star season of big brother absolutely and when enzo's in the final two i i expect an invitation for that finale episode I feel like we're just going to have to reserve a spot in the draft so that, you know, I feel like Nick is just going to get grandfathered into having Enzo on his squad. Hey, he's my, he's my Zion Williamson, number one overall pick, undisputed. Okay. All right. We will, uh, we will make sure not to touch him. That is all you. You have got the meow meow. Scout's honor. Appreciate that. All right, guys. That's all the damage we can do for one night. Again, at Pod on Twitter. That's the important one at DeepharkOK, at Nick Crane NBA. Give him a follow and shout out to Nick. Give him a big thank you for staying up with us and hopping on. I'm Ryan Chapman at Radio's Ryan. Follow all of us there. That's where you can get all the Big Brother news. Until next time, it's back. It's here. We have Live Big Brother. Be well, everyone.